I'm Matt Garrett Fisher and this is the Burn From Within show. Each week I interview inspiring people who have changed their career or life to light up inside. So if you want to get excited about your Mondays, work on meaningful projects and have more time for the passions and people that matter to you, stay tuned. On today's show, we have Holly Macy. After years in a successful career in TV production, taking her across the globe and earning her very good money, Holly realized something didn't sit quite right with what she was doing. In this interview, be inspired as we explore Holly's brave decision-making, leading her to move away from lucrative contracts working with major corporate brands to now passionately serving creatives to share their voice and ethical message with the world in her business, The Creative Producer. Many of you will identify with that feeling that something isn't quite right in the work that you are doing. So Holly shares the process she took, which involved listening to your intuition and heart, and we discover in the conversation what steps to take to a more purposeful and ethical life. I hope you get as much value as I did from this interview. The full show notes and videos of other interviews are available at burnfromwithin.com forward slash interviews. Enjoy. So I got into working in film and TV at a pretty young age. I did work experience when I was 16 in a production company. I think we did some butter commercial and I remember the moment walking on set for the first time ever as a 16 year old and just feeling like I'd done it a million times before it was very natural it was very kind of like I just knew it's like I just had been there before I knew all the roles I knew what to do I kind of yeah I just and I loved it it was kind of I really liked art and everything in school and drama and uh, it just felt like a combination of all the things I loved you know I was fascinated by all the people by the cameramen by the art department and the props guys and so yeah so I did that and then I also did work experience in an advertising agency and then I left school and I started a teaching degree and halfway through that degree I got a phone call from the, comp- the production company I'd worked with and they asked if I wanted a job as their production assistant in, in a company. And at the time, that company was, was a really well-known Melbourne company. They had some really great directors and producers. They also had some photographers and a photography studio there. So, of course, I jumped at the chance. I was like going, I could always go back to uni if I wanted to. And that just, I went in and that just snowballed into this career of just working with loads of different companies, loads of different creative people, directors and producers and yeah, kicked me off on this kind of working in advertising, which was fantastic Mm. because I made, you know, a fair bit of money out of it. It's really well paid. But I suppose during that time that I was doing it, there was always something that just didn't feel right. And I used to say to myself, you know, you've got a good job. You earn good money, Mm. you're working with amazing people. Like, what's your problem? Stop whinging. (laughs) Like, you know, you're lucky, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I sort of went into that sort of power play within my mind quite a lot. And and I got to travel, you know, so I got to sometimes I'd because I made enough money, I'd 
go and travel for a year or something. So I'd have a year traveling and, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was the perks of everything, you know, but it was just something that just didn't feel right. And it took me a little while to kind of put my finger on what it was. And I think really ethically, I just felt, I always felt really connected to the people, felt really connected to who I was working with. I loved the conversations and I loved everything that was creative about it. But mm-hmm. when someone would ask me what I did for a job, I found it really difficult to tell them that I produced TV commercials. I felt like it was adding to the problems of the world. <laughs> I was kind of the consumerism and the imbalance in, in life and that fear-based paradigm that we live in. I just, for whatever reason, I just really kind of carried that with me and it just didn't suit who I was. You still had this feeling that something wasn't quite right in the company you were working for. So how did you alleviate that? What did you do um, next? What to- did I do next? Yeah, so I always worked for myself in that business. I worked freelance. What kept me going were the people, without any doubt. It was the people. I've got some of the most incredible friends and my whole life really is so embedded in the community of of the film and TV world. But what I did for myself, when I had children, I was still working a lot, but that was kind of the beginning of questions that kept kind of nagging at me, you know who do I want to be in this world and who do I want to be for my kids you know so another big turning point is I went to do my yoga teacher training I loved yoga really loved yoga I loved how it made me feel I loved the philosophy behind it I just loved where it took me Mm -hmm. so I wanted to sort of delve a bit deeper into that because obviously I was thinking there's obviously I'm sitting on it on an edge here and I need to sort of dig a little bit deeper so I went and did my yoga teacher training and that was life-changing for me yeah life life-changing in what way I started to ask myself the real questions like who are you and how do you want to show up and it started to kind of bring up different layers inside that I had to deal with different conditioning from growing up you know all that kind of stuff that yeah. started to kind of rise to the surface where I, I was like you know starting to realize what was holding me back and and knowing that I wasn't on the, on the right track, I started to kind of explore the whys around that. Right. I suppose that's what yoga did. Yeah. Mm. And has been very kind of close to me since. I still yeah. teach yoga. It's a very big part of, you know, even with the work that I'm doing now, it's all everything, it's all encompassed in that as well. And just, yeah, just kind of working out that sort of truth for yourself. So where did it go after that? You, you, you had your yoga teacher training. Again, you're, you're learning more about yourself, asking questions like who are you and how do you want to show up in the world? I remember finishing my yoga teacher training on the last day and mm-hmm. everyone's sitting in the circle talking about, you know, their experience doing the course and what they're going to do with the yoga and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's funny, I, I, I remember sitting there saying, I know that I'm that being a yoga teacher isn't the be all and end all for me. I know that that's something bigger than that. I always was very in tune and in, intuitive in myself, but I never knew. I was still kind of like flipping around and affected by by life, you mm-hmm. know. And but I I knew that being a yoga teacher, I was like, I love yoga, but just being a yoga teacher for me, and that's it, is not my purpose. I just mm-hmm. knew that. So what happened after that? 
continued on and ignoring myself. I used to drink quite a bit as well. That was another thing. I think mm-hmm. I was a quite a big drinker. Mm-hmm. I wasn't an alcoholic or anything like that. But if I look back now, I probably didn't have the healthiest relationship with with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, I've married a recovered alcoholic. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so what happened next? Going back to meeting my husband. He's a writer. He's a novelist and a screenwriter. And he's recovered alcoholic and drug addict. So when I met him, there was a real connection for us where I I kind of felt like for the first time in my life, I'd met someone who really got me, who understood who I was. He lives his passion 100%. He is so committed and dedicated. He knows who he is 100%. He knows what makes him tick. He knows what he's here for and he never questions that. So being with somebody like that, I know I'm not doing my thing and I'm not doing my thing and then living with someone who is totally doing their thing mm. is, was so obvious mm. that I was needed to do something about it. thought I was quite open-minded in the sense that I did always do what I wanted to do but underlying there are those layers like the onion, you know, that you have to kind of peel away the judgments and the labels and all the things that you feel like mm-hmm. you should be doing to get to the core of what you want to be doing. So that was me. My husband obviously had already got there. He knew, he, he knows his passion. But for me, I had to kind of unravel the conditioning to get to the core of, of what I should be doing. So that obviously mm-hmm. came out in loads of different ways, you know, whether it was the drinking, the anxiety, I was completely disconnected from myself. And then just before I kind of left, I'd been working with the director for about three or four years and mm-hmm. we went into business together and we put quite a, quite a lot of money through the business in, in the first year. And we'd travelled around the place and done some, you know, some fantastic jobs. And that was when my, my moment was, you know, it's like I've made loads of money and <laughs> I'm still not happy. The anxiety in my body and the, the need to, to seek and explore and not necessarily within that industry anymore. It was just like, I just need to get out of here. I just, right. I just need to step out of this and not go back and really kind of live this dream life of all my purpose mm-hmm. that um, I've been kind of knowing that's inside me for a long time mm-hmm. and just step into it and do it and trust that it's all going to work out. So what was the trigger for you to say, right, I'm, I'm stepping out of this? There'll be a lot of people watching and listening that will think, yeah, I could just carry on with my job. It's And like you said, you know, you had travel perks, you had money coming in, you know, you're working with good people, but there was something that wasn't right. But then something triggered you to actually take action. And I think a lot of people will go through life not doing that. So what was the inspiration behind you making that, that step? Well, I think if you're in tune with your body in any way, your body's going to tell you that you need to make changes. You either mm-hmm. you're getting sick, you're either getting, you got anxiety, all these kind of things that are happening in your life that are not making you feel great. Now, whether you think going out and partying is making you feel great, if you're going out and partying and drinking and doing that all the time, then you're suppressing something else. If there's anxiety in your body, now mm-hmm. for me, I mean, obviously it comes from all different types of, but anxiety is a way of telling you that you have something in your body that you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. There's something, and 
there can be layers of back of all conditioning, as I said, right back to from when you're a child. It could be your current situation. It could be only you know that yourself. But it is very much in your body, I think. And for me, that's what was happening within my body. It was mm. just like I could feel it. I could just feel it in my gut. And, I, yeah, I decided to go and do the ayahuasca ceremony. That was the crunch. So my husband had done one of those a few years, like five, five or seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't really interested. I'd done a lot of personal development stuff after my yoga teacher training. I'd sort of, you know, it's gone see different healers and I've always mm-hmm. been really fascinated in, in all of that. I think if you are on a quest to make changes, it is absolutely imperative that you do that. You find your support people, you find your healers, you find whatever works for you. And you dig deep, you hit it head on and you go, right, I need to get through to the other side and just Mm -hmm. make sure that you've got those people there to support you through it. So I had that kind of crew of people, you know, had different, even just going to get a massage or doing a yoga or chatting to a yoga teacher or, you know, those kind of mentors or people in your life. I'd sort of had those for a while. So I'd been kind of working on that and really kind of pushing through and Mm -hmm. sorting my shit out basically. And uh, just one morning I woke up and, and was like, I'm going to go and do an ayahuasca ceremony. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason, something happened where I was like, I'm gonna, just going to go and do it. And uh, I did that. And um, that was life changing. So where were you when, you when you did it? And tell me about the experience of that. So I had been, so I was in this business we had a job and, you know me, I don't like to mention brand names, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> but I can, you, I can tell you it was an Olympic campaign for a brand. And we had a job that was in India and it was on and it was off. It was on, it was off, it was on, it was mm-hmm. off. So I had booked this ayahuasca ceremony and it was kind of like, it was months months away, really. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, I can, I can never do anything. You know, I can never, my life is controlled by this industry. I cannot go anywhere. I can't do anything. I book a weekend and that gets sideswiped. It's like, mm-hmm. and so when I booked that, I was like, I'm doing that. I don't care. I'm doing it. And that's just how it is. That was in my mind. I'm getting yeah. on it and I'm stopping me. Mm-hmm. So I booked it. And as we were kind of getting closer to that weekend, this job in India was on, off, on, off, on, off. And I think it was like maybe the Wednesday. So I was going on the Friday. I was in Melbourne. I was going on the Friday. And I think on the Wednesday, I got a phone call from the agency producer saying that the job was on. And then we had to go to India on the Tuesday or the Wednesday the following week. So that is when you're kind of like running a job in India. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of work to go into that. And I had done a fair bit beforehand. So we'd had some companies on standby and all that kind of stuff. But I was like okay, this was my moment where I was like, I can either drop this weekend and go back into my old pattern of saying, yep, okay, anything, I'll do anything. Or I can say, I'm going away on my weekend. And I did that. I did that. I said, I'm not stopping this weekend. I'm going to go on this weekend because I've had it booked for ages and Mm -hmm. I really need to do this. So anyway, Luckily enough, the the director that I was working with was very supportive and uh, he went a day earlier, but I kind of did all the job, everything that I needed to do. And I drove down to this ceremony on Friday. I got back on the Monday and during the ceremony, it was just, yeah, quite a, I was very nervous about it because I'd heard all different things. And during the ceremony, it was probably one of the most nurturing experiences of my life, but the most 
the biggest kind of slap in the face I probably had ever had in my life as well. I found out what my issue was. I went there with a very clear intention and came out with a very, went in with a certain perspective on life and came out with obviously the same person <laughs> with <a different laughs> perspective, but I saw everything very differently. So yeah, I kind of, I got on, I came home, I got on a plane the next day and I flew to India. And um, after that experience, and obviously it takes you into a whole other realm. I mean, it's like you're not in this world. And I went to India and we went out to the location of where we were filming, which was a slum in Mumbai. And it was that moment, I still remember it, walking, getting out of the car, just coming out of this ayahuasca experience with this whole mm-hmm. kind of new perception of going, okay, I know what my problem is. <laughs> I'm not listening to myself. I'm not loving myself. I'm not mm-hmm. honouring who I am as a person. Right. And walking, walking into the slum and standing there just seeing all these amazing, beautiful people. And that was my moment where I was like, I can't do this. I can't. I just can't do this. I can't be this person anymore. I want to work with these people. I want to work for the better good of these people. Mm. I don't want to work in here with a brand, a multi-million, billion-dollar brand in this slum to sell what, what it was we were selling. Now, I don't directly sell that stuff, but I, you know, it's not like the, the clients and my responsibility or anything like that, but just the very act of me being there and being a part of that team and, you know, producing that commercial just, it just made me go, that's it. That's it. I can't do this. And that was my moment. Wow. So I got through the job and it was great. And I came back to Melbourne and we, my business partner and I weren't seeing eye to eye really <laughs> very much. <laughs> Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. And uh, I mean, we'd worked a hell of, we'd worked a lot that year. It was just, we went, you know, was, we were at burnout mode really. And mm-hmm. I was just, I just can't do this anymore. So yeah. I left, I left. And then eight weeks later, my husband, my kids and I were on a plane. And we came to Ireland and our whole life has changed ever since. Wow. So every month, every, every week, every month, every year has just been a building block of getting, being who I am and being real with what I do and mm-hmm. never, ever, ever looking back. Like I'm 100% on the right path now and mm-hmm. I am doing a job that I love and my husband and I have got our projects are in development. We've mm-hmm. got, you know, everything's just, it's, everything's just aligned and yeah. it's kind of, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. What transformation and big decisions that you've made from within. And it sounds like you had this network of people, you know, healers, you know, massage, yoga teacher training, like all of these things to help you to unravel all this conditioning that you had in your life to start yeah. to work out well, what is my passion? What is my purpose? And you're, you know, see, being inspired by your husband to see actually someone here has a, a real passion for what they do and they're very, very purposeful and they are dedicated and unwavering. And that gave you the belief that actually, well, he's doing this. Well, maybe maybe I can do this and I can work towards that. And, and the unraveling was, was uh, magical in, into ayahuasca, but 
then everything else unfolded after that as well. So, yeah. wow. I mean, that's an amazing structure as well. You know, not necessarily people will follow every step, but it's there is actually a process of of transitioning from you know, not knowing what my passion is or what I should be doing in this world with all the experience I have to now you're doing it. But it's yeah. not, a, not a case of being stuck. Of, I can't find my passion. It's not possible. Some people are passionate and some people aren't. But yeah. actually, you went through that process. So that's fascinating. Yeah. I think if you have that feeling inside you, which, you know, a lot of people do, that's your calling card. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the calling card that you have to listen to. Because yeah. if you don't listen to that, that's where I think you end up down in the spiral of being getting depressed and ending up on the wrong path, whether it's, I shouldn't say it's the wrong path, it's never the wrong path, but, you know, you, you yeah, you, you just end up kind of spiralling in a direction that you don't want to be in and it's mm-hmm. ten times harder to get out. And I think also that's almost like the learning part of the journey as well is being able to to do that for other people like for example me working with other people me going through that experience is only going to help me you know work with other people to be able to do that for them as well Mm -hmm. from a creative point of view yeah I mean the thing is with being with my husband as well I knew you know just from a story point of view like that's where my story development sort of really grew because we we used to work and I never really thought that I had that but he used to say you're amazing with story and structure and and I'd go, no, I'm not at all. But so I really got to develop so many skills, creative skills within the process of working with him as well, which mm-hmm. um, also really helped me to realise that, oh, hang on a minute, I am really can be doing so much more here. Mm-hmm. And just my brain, which I think I was saying to you just before, my brain, it's, it's almost like there was a part of my brain that had shriveled and I wasn't using it. I was like, right. I started to feel stupid, you know. It's like I didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on in the world. It's not even any time to read a newspaper you know, there was no time. You just end up in this little film bubble. And, you know, yeah. I, I, was, I wasn't really aware of kind of what was going on in the world or anything like that. And, you know, I could feel that in me. It was like I, I, needed, to, to, I needed to fill myself up with knowledge mm-hmm. and information. And, I mean, and during all of that, I forgot to tell you that I studied nutrition as well. <laughs> right. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so that sort of became a part of, I don't know, just really anchoring into I don't know the realness of who we are as human beings and how we should really look after ourselves. So you you got to Ireland with your family with your husband and you basically said goodbye to that previous career or certainly you know working with brands so you know a lot of people will be thinking why if I just quit my job and move to a different country I, I don't know what I'd do like how did you know like what to do did you have a plan or like what was going on in your mind obviously my husband's from here and he has written a novel and we sort of came over here to make that into a film so that was kind of what we thought we'd do when we get when we got here kind of thing Mm -hmm. and this this actually was really interesting because when I arrived I got offered a job on a film doing extras casting which is interesting for a big film in Dublin I think it was like a thousand extras or something I had to find. I'd only oh, been wow. here for a few weeks. I never mm-hmm. didn't know anybody. Someone asked whether I'd do the job. I was like, it sounds like hell to me. <laughs> 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 but I kind of found that every time I kind of left the business to have a break, it would always come back. 
I would always get these little dangling kind of carrots going, mm-hmm. you sure you don't want to, you know, it'd be a great way to meet some people. And I was like, no, I just don't want to do it. So after I'd said no, I thought maybe I should do it because I get to meet some people. Mm-hmm. And so I did that job and it was, you know, there I was again, working around the clock, absolutely exhausted, but I worked mm-hmm. with a great crew of people. I got to meet so many people. As I said, there were a thousand extras or something I had to find on my own. I got to I got to know a lot of the, the industry here. So that was kind of good, but I still knew I was like, I'm back in it again. You know, the, rep- mm-hmm. the, the, the pattern was repeating. I was like, yeah. here I am again. It's like I'd never been an extras casting person before, but mm-hmm. I was... um. You know, I was sort of like, you know, it's not what I wanted to do or anything. So so then I did a couple of ads as well. I actually did a couple of TV commercials mm-hmm. and I can honestly say that on both those commercials, I cried my eyes out. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> what am I doing to myself? So it was really like stepping back into the pattern. Really, that that's what that was about. It was realising that I'm falling back into the fear of falling back into what I know to make money because I, I'm too kind of, is it scared the word or whatever, to step into that next part of who I, who I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So that was a really kind of important part, I think, of the process. But in the meantime of that, I was developing what I'm doing now. So mm-hmm. I always knew that I had this, you know, there were the podcasts and there was the writing and there was the blogging and there was the, you know, all the the retreats and all the stuff that I wanted to do. So I'd started working on that pretty much. I'd, I'd kind of almost started working on that before I'd left my business. Right. I knew that was in the back of my mind. I always mm. knew that it was there, that that's what I wanted to do. You know, it was getting there sort of thing. So I just started developing that, the creative producer. The creative producer is about working with people Mm-hmm. to execute creative stories from an ethical point of view. So there we go. It's everything that I was doing that I didn't like. So it's about helping people to kind of bring their stories to life through mm-hmm. ethical creative expression. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. So if it's you want to develop a film, a documentary idea, if you want to write a book, if you any any kind of creative project that you have, I've put a program together to help people to execute that. So I'm using my producing skills and my personal development skills and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. to help people bring their creative projects to life. So, yeah, so that's kind of, so I'm working with people at the moment that are writing books, that are supporting their businesses, telling their stories. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for stories where people have this kind of desire to really tell the world their story to help really bring change and impact from an ethical point of view to make the world a better place. Where is that inspiration from for you to focus on that, this ethical point of view and finding stories to share with the world? What's inspired you to do that from within? So it's interesting because, you know, if I connect the dots back, like pre-doing work experience and go back into being a child, Maybe my earliest memory of, because I've kind of really tried to explore this quite deeply. Yeah. You know, what is that? And, you know, was it the way I was brought up? Did something happen to me as a kid? I remember doing the 40-hour famine. At the time, there was the famine in Ethiopia was happening. And just seeing kids that had, you know, no food, were dying, had no water. And here I was as an eight-year-old doing 
40-hour famine, going around to people, you know, not eating for 48 hours, asking people to sponsor me. And I, it just never made any sense to me. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> this is quite weird. Like, is, how can the world be that unbalanced, you know? Mm. How can it be that unbalanced? That always kind of sat with me. How, how do you find that balance between, you know, earning money that you're happy with and also, but also giving back? Or can you, can you do both at the same time? Do you do projects that, you're, that might be kind of more commercially attractive but then balance that with, with ones that, that aren't that you're more passionate about? Or do you combine the two or is, are you just focused on passion now? I think money to me is just an energy exchange. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have a value to me really. And I think that when you – it's really about kind of digging deep into – who you are and how you want to show up in the world, like Mm -hmm. finding out what your passion is. And I think once you kind of find that part of yourself, then work isn't work, money isn't money. And all of that kind of falls into place, you know, if that makes sense. I mean, obviously we all need to work and we all need to make a living. But I believe that, you know, if people are watching this and they're sitting and watching it for a reason, that's the other thing. People are going to be watching this because they're actually asking themselves all the same questions. Otherwise, they wouldn't be watching this. So if you're asking yourself those questions, then that is your calling, if you like, to start investigating deeper into who you are or investigating what this is or what this calling is that you're having to step to, and, and to step into that. Otherwise, you wouldn't, none of them would be here watching this. That's mm-hmm. what I think. So if you're at that point, then just, just go for it, you know, just find a way and do it. And if it means kind of, you know, wherever you're at, people are at all different, some people are ready to take that plunge, you know, like I was just ready to go, okay, I'm going to change everything and do it and just trust. That's the other thing is trusting. Leap in the net will appear as they say, and it does. And it actually, what actually happens when you do that is it creates space Everybody hears this all the time, but it creates space for the stuff that you really want to do. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing that and you're in this kind of like this job that you don't like and you're working loads of hours, well, the fear's there because, you know, you think how on earth is this ever going to fit in my life? Well, it's going to fit in your life because you're going to make space for it. It's never going to fit into your life if you don't make space for it. So you just have to trust, listen to your inner calling I call it the inner artist or the inner, you know, your intuition and just trust that it's all going to work out. Just Mm -hmm. do it. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the projects that you're working on now and also how people can get in touch with you if they want to work with you or find out more about you? Yeah. So I'm running at the moment a couple of different programs. I can work with people on for 12 months to bring a project of theirs to fruition. So first eight weeks, or I can do eight weeks. Some people just start with eight weeks or they go to the 12 months. So the eight weeks is really what I call crystallizing your vision. So it's working out what the big dreams are, what your goals are, what your intentions are, what it is that you want, what impact do you want to bring? And then we look at the projects attached to that. So 
I think it's really important to look at the bigger picture first to get, you know, get a very clear picture to be sure-footed in what it is that you want to do before you kind of start executing projects. And it gets us to know each other as well. And I think, you know, it just helps to sort of solidify that sort of that relationship and solidify what you're doing. And so I understand what you're doing so we can be really kind of sure-footed in kind of setting a plan out. So then the next sort of rest of the 12 months is working on that plan to kind of make it happen. So it'll be different for everyone because everyone's got a different project. And then if you do want to do, you know, if you want websites, marketing, all that kind of stuff, I work in conjunction with marketing specialist. So we can kind of, you know, do websites and like branding and all that kind of stuff for you. And, and then, you know, obviously at the end of the 12 months, it's about, you know, kind of bringing that project to market. So depending again on what the project is, is depending on how it's packaged and how we kind of bring it to market. So that's, that's the one program. And then I've got my big program, which is working on retreats. So it's taking a small group, probably maybe 10 people mm-hmm. away on a retreat for two weeks where I bring industry professionals from the creative industries on the retreat. We'll have yoga. It'll be good food. It's a full immersive, get yourself all zinged up to be feeling good about yourself and really getting crystal clear. So it's almost doing that eight weeks and getting really crystal clear on your project and workshopping it with industry professionals to to really kind of bolster the vision that that you have. Mm -hmm. And then getting a plan in place to execute it. But that includes all the marketing, includes, it includes marketing, includes the websites, it includes all that kind of stuff. So that's a whole kind of package where I get to really become a part of that process with you. So it's, yeah, I mean, you know, some people might be writing a book and become an advocate for something and create some kind of a campaign or there might be someone who wants to really develop a, a film idea and, you know, get that packaged to go to market or it might be a documentary or it might be um, someone who's got like a, a creative business where they want to maybe bring change through doing global crazy exhalations or something mm-hmm. like that. It can be anything. I think for me it's about be bold, be different and just go for it. And mm-hmm. it's about, you know, I want to support those people yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you, Holly? If they have a creative idea or if they, you know, they're thinking about writing a book or, you know, maybe getting something produced, a a film perhaps, but they just don't know a structure or a plan or how to do it, but they've got the idea in their head. How do they get in touch with you? Thecreativeproducer.com. And you can email me at holly at thecreativeproducer.com. And then I've got my Facebook page, which is The Creative Producer. So. And it's a yeah. great, there's a great group in there, actually. I've, I've chatted to a few people in your, in your group, yeah. a really, really active group, and, and some really kind of inspirational people with, with lots of different projects that they're working on and ideas and different backgrounds, artists, writers. And I'm mean, actually, yeah. you know, part of the, this whole thing is kind of starting Burn Within is to meet inspiring people and get inspired by them. And, and you know, there's lots of people in the, in the group that, that I've started, but in your group as well, I think, you know, Great. surrounding yourself with those kind of people it really kind of helps you to inject passion Absolutely. into your, yeah. and start to uncover purpose as well. Just like you yeah. had with, with your, with your husband, you know, but surrounding yourself with more and more of these people really helps. I think helps me yeah. definitely. Yeah, well, it's that all. It's that whole kind of saying, isn't it? Like, find your tribe, and I think that that is so important to teaming up with like-minded people. 
And mm. once you do that, I think everything just starts to take off, you know, because yeah. you, you're in your right place. But it, for people that do, that, that do want to check it out and are a little bit kind of, okay, unsure about it all and how's all this work, they can come into the Creative Engine Room, which is the mm-hmm. member okay. room. Yeah. And um, which is where you introduced yourself the other day, which is which was amazing. And that that's that'll be a group that I kind of help people through their their different creative processes and journeys to be able to get different projects off the ground. Obviously, not working in the capacity that I can from a twelve month point of view, but it's just a tips and tricks and things like that to share, not only from me but from other people as well that mm-hmm. that want to share their their creative, you know, story or ideas or struggles or whatever it is. So Mm. people can come into that group as well. My final question, Holly, if you were to look back on, you know, your whole life and and up to this point of where you are, I would say that you're you're passionate about what you do. You have a real purpose behind your work. What would you say is the one thing that's helped you to switch to burn within? Ooh. It's really made a big difference to switch that that light on inside. Can I have two? <laughs> because it's you, Holly, we'll do that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think definitely trusting your intuition and meditation and making that a daily practice. Mm-hmm. Have a daily practice where you get up, you connect with yourself and you put it out to the universe what it is that you want and you ask for it right? because if you ask for it, it comes and it does because I've done it, but you've got to, it has to be a daily practice and you have to be very clear and ask for it, you know, and just trust it. That would be Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And then to find support. Absolutely. Without a doubt, have Mm -hmm. support and connect yourself with like-minded people. Amazing tips, two amazing tips. Wow. Very timely, actually. I'm off tomorrow to do a a 10-day Vipassana retreat. Um, Lots of meditation. I've been been reading this book, actually, The the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer, and it's it's the impact that the meditation's had on his life and all of the opportunities that have come just by listening to himself and you're listening to yourself but then also, yes, yeah, surrounding with the right people. I think that's absolutely key. So, wow. No, I was just say, I can honestly say that I've created more in my life by doing less than ever. Like removing myself away, giving myself time to meditate, removing myself away from the busyness. Yeah. I've been able to create more than I ever have before, which is interesting. It's interesting and it's comforting to know that, that actually, you know, a lot of people might be really stressed out and can I take on more work and how can I, you know, do what I want to do, but yeah, taking time, taking time out or doing less and, and creating space in your mind and listening to yourself is actually, it does work. And that's really inspiring to hear. So thank you so much, um, Holly, for, uh, I just love, I love your story and, um, you know, I just love speaking to you, to be honest. It's, you're a very genuine person and um, so authentic in terms of what you do and bringing so much passion and, and just a lot of talent as well from the, from the years in your industry and using it to help people. And that's what I really admire about you. Well, thank so you for great. your time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, great, Holly. Man. I really appreciate it. It's always great, great chatting with you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Listen, if you want to shift the purpose of the work you do, 
while still getting to use the valuable skills you've developed over your career, just like Holly did. But maybe you just don't know where to start. You might like some professional support. As a certified career transition coach, I use the Firework Career Coaching Program, proven over the last 14 years to help thousands of people with their career transitions. Using super effective tools, I'll guide you to draw on your own innate resourcefulness and identify an exciting and viable new career direction for you. Drawing on your existing strengths and marrying them up with your passions and what provides meaning for you right now. Firework is an International Coach Federation approved organization owned by careershifters.org, one of the world's largest communities helping professionals who feel stuck to find work they love. Just visit burnfromwithin.com forward slash call C-A-L-L and book a time convenient to you and I'll do my best to help in a free 20 minute call. Until next time, live with passion, purpose and balance and burn from within.